Hello and welcome to another edition of Solid Steps Radio. This is Chad Russell. That is Kurt Souter of Further Stone Ministries. How are you doing today, Kurt? Chad, doing uh, really, really good. I'm a Not, little sleepy, but... Um, why is that? I, You know, I don't know. It's just, uh, you know, you get over 50 and you have... You didn't sleep good last night? No. Oh. But, you know, but that's all right. Either did you, because you got five kids running you know, around. You I slept like a baby last night. You I gotta did be, not. I did. I really? went to bed about 1030, and nobody woke up, and I slept through the <laughs> night. And Hey, man. I I think I get it from my dad. You know, you, you just get up at 230. It's just your brain goes crazy, thinking a million things. Like, I mean, anyway. Now, my friend told me that, you know why you wake up around 3 o'clock? No. Because the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit have something to tell you. So you're probably going to wake up at 3 o'clock and be okay, what do you, what do you got to tell me? Because that's well, the only time you can get your attention sometimes, right? Sometimes I'm, I look at the, I'm, I'm, I'm praying like, Lord, <laughs> I just want to go back to bed. You <laughs> <laughs> may have something to tell you. You never know. Uh, I, yes, that's just true. All right. For those of you listening to this conversation, I'm sorry, we have a radio show to do. Hi, this is uh, Solid Steps Radio. We are a show for men by men. So if you're driving in the car and you just turned us on and go, who are these buffoons? We are two men. We are doing a show for men by men we talk about things from a man's perspective and ladies listen in and that's great but we want to talk to the guys and and we want the name of the show is solid steps radio and if you're listening to this we believe you there is a destiny for your life that's right men and ladies and that is to walk solidly and the way to walk solidly through this life is with jesus and we believe you were made on purpose and made to be a son of God through the Father, through Jesus, right? So that's that's why we do what we do. We talk about all kinds of different topics today, and we're talking about a topic today that is funny. I looked this up on last night, and you know, if it's on the internet, it must be absolutely true. True, right? So it's like all of these different sites have all these different opinions about how many things are mentioned here and there. So. But let me ask you this. If I were to go on the street and if I were to do a survey, we don't have a budget for, you know, on the street roving reporter asking questions. But if I were to go out and just grab 10 people at random and just grab them and I say, I want you to help me complete this sentence. I want you to complete it. OK, so here's here. Here goes. Blank is the root of all evil. If I just said blank is the root of all evil, if you're listening in the car or on our podcast, Blank is the root of all evil. What do you think most people would say? I don't Kurt, know. you're a pastor, by the way. You should really know this answer. Well, I do know the answer. But you know I, the answer, but what I think people would say is what? I Money is the root well, of all well, evil. Well, yes, yes. Because that's what we've been kind of, yeah. money's the root of all evil. Money's the root of all evil. And that's not what it says. No, you're right. What does it say? Money is the root of all kinds of evil. It says the love well, well, of. Yes. <laughs> I told him, I, I need I need to go back to he sleep. He needs to go back to sleep, right? <laughs> and I need another cup of coffee. By the way, we're not going to edit this out. I'm just telling you, we're not going to edit this out. This is going to be playthrough. The only time I ever get the scripture right and you got it wrong. That's okay. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but we're talking about a topic today that was, I think, different, depending on who you ask, about a third of all the Jesus's parables referenced money possessions. and or possessions. Yeah. And so we're going to talk about that today with a gentleman who knows a thing or two about teaching about money and or possessions. He, you know what he does? He writes about money like every day. He gets up, hopefully after a good night's sleep, and, uh, <laughs> and then he writes about money all day. Matt Bell, it's great to have you with us. It's really good to be with you guys. Matt, you've been with us before. And uh, so just uh, real quickly, um, you've got three kids. Uh, ages again? Yep, they're 13, 10, and 8. 
and uh, you, they keep you going. They do. They're two boys are the oldest, and then the youngest is a girl. You got a beautiful wife named Jude. I do. We were we were singing "Hey Jude," you know, before <laughs> and just in a few, but um, we we want to just pick your heart and brain about all uh, specifically how do we teach our kids about money, yeah. about, pos- about possessions. So important. I mean, I really think, um, you know, it's my topic, so I might be a little bit biased here, but, but I really think that money is, is arguably the most important topic that's typically not taught in school. And so we really have uh, a responsibility at home to teach our kids about money. And they can learn at a very early age, at, you know, even age one and a half, two, they can start to understand that when you're going to a store, and they're observing, we're handing over cash or a credit card, oftentimes better to use cash in front of the kids because credit cards are a little abstract for them, Mm -hmm. but they can see that an exchange is taking place and money is a means of exchange, the dictionary says, and so they can see that there's an exchange taking place, they can start to understand, and if we can just start to incorporate uh, conversations with our kids, even at a surprisingly early age, they can start to grasp it. That's. You know, I didn't really even think about that as a one and a half, two-year-old kid. But yeah, having watching mom and dad do those kinds of things is a powerful. And and so, um, you want to talk specifically about uh, our three roles? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I like to filter the conversation about teaching kids. Really, it applies to anything. But I, but as I think about money, I think about these three roles. I think about the role of role model. That's arguably the most important role that we play because our kids are watching. Even when we think they're not watching or they think they can't hear us, you know, they're listening, they're checking out what are mom and dad doing. And that's one of the prime er, prime ways that we teach our kids is through the behaviors that we exhibit in front of them and the conversations we have in front of them. There's the gatekeeper. So it used to be that the gatekeeper role was a little bit easier because parents tended to watch TV with their kids, for example. But now kids at a very early age are getting their own screens. Now we're giving them almost, you know, basically direct access to marketers. Marketers direct access to our kids. Mm. So that gatekeeper role is still vitally important, even more important now because we've got to be more in the game about that. And then there's the role of teacher where we're actually teaching them specific things about money. When, yeah, I, I think what you said, the whole thing about role modeling, if, if we are, if we are modeling, we're, we're always modeling. We, we are never not modeling, That's right? right? Right. So we're constantly modeling. The question is, you know, what are we modeling um, when, in regards to money in front of our kids? That's right. I mean, and look, I'm not perfect at this. And so I, I still remember one time we were driving through a, a, a very nice neighborhood one time. And apparently my wife and I were kind of gawking a little bit at some of the homes. Look at the size of that home. And the kids started to chime in. Well, look at the size. And we realized, oh, wait a minute. You know, let's temper this down a little bit and talk about you know gratitude for the home that we had that wasn't quite as large as the homes in that neighborhood. And so, you know, again, you need to be mindful of the fact that they're listening listening and they're discerning you know how are mom and dad responding to things in life when, when we when we get excited they can tell it yeah and for sure and when when we can begin comparing w- with what we have compared to what others have uh, rarely do we do we go downward in, in in other words we wow we are so blessed and we compare we we always are looking at the at the bigger home at the nicer car and they can detect that. Yeah, absolutely. And we, we, 
you know, all parents deal with this all the time because that's right. The kids are noticing what their friends have at school. They notice where their friends are going on vacation. They notice lots of things and you, and they can't help and we can't help really but play the comparison game sometimes. And so that's where gratitude comes in. Um, you know, for example, we drive a van that still has doors that you don't press a button to open the door. You pull the door open and slide it closed. And that's a little bit shocking to our kids because they don't really experience that with the, the vans that they ride in from their friends' families and stuff. And so that'll be their form of suffering that they'll talk about to their kids eventually. Uh, yeah. I actually had to open the door oh, of the van. My. But, you know, it's an opportunity to talk about trade-offs. Say, look, we, we keep our vehicles a long time. We can talk about, you know, vehicles go down in value. You could, you know. You, you can't go too far if the kids are too young. You, you'll lose them eventually. But we talk about making trade-offs. That's one of the hugely important character traits really in life is to be able to make trade-offs. And so we trade off driving a van a little bit longer to be able to take a vacation. That's good stuff. So uh, d d um, what other d – talk about that trade-offs a little bit more. Yeah, it happens all the time. I mean, you know, very few people can afford to do everything that they want. And so it starts to relate to delayed gratification that, hey, if you want these three things, well, maybe we'll get this one thing this year and let's save up for that other thing next year. You know, next year's a long time, especially for a young kid. <laughs> and so, but if a kid can learn to delay gratification, man, that has implications and benefits in so many areas of life. So, um, Talk a little bit about more about the whole gatekeeper thing, because I think we as parents, we, we just want to, we can turn on a screen and we just can think, hey, it's, it's, it's fine. They're watching it. You know, they're watching something. But we forget how powerful those commercials are. They're the best marketers in the world. <laughs> That's right. And for a very young kid, they can't even discern the difference between a commercial and the regular programming. And so what I like to encourage parents to do is to play a game called identify the lie. Now, I don't think marketers and advertisers are evil, but I, but I do call it identify the lie. But really, the first thing is to identify where is the commercial versus the programming. So, okay, this is a commercial message intended to sell something to you. And now let's discern what is that message? Do you really, will you really play basketball like, you know, that basketball star if you buy those $80 shoes? Is that true? And so, you know, we can start to discern not all advertisements are lies, but where's the truth? Where is the, the stretch to, oh, now I'm part of this social group if I wear that brand of clothing or if I drive that type of car. So gatekeeper can meld into teacher, you know, we're, we're discerning what our kids having access to, but then as we engage in that material together with them, we can start to find a lot of teachable moments. That's that's good stuff. We, we, we're going to come back with that because that's this is rich. We're going to come back with more teachable moments as we talk about teaching your kids about money. So thank you for listening, and we will be back shortly after this break to talk to Matt Bell, and we're talking about money and kids today on Solid Steps Radio. Welcome back to our second segment of Solid Steps Radio. Thank you for listening, whether you're listening on purpose or accidentally. Uh, we are a show for men by men, and uh, we wanna, we're talking today about money and how to talk to your kids about money. And if you're going to go spend some money on carpet or flooring, you need to go to Carol Rogers Carpet One. They are the best in the business. Great guarantees, great products, great sales, and great service. And also LNN, if you need to borrow some money because you need to spend some money, you go to LNN Credit Union and uh, Brightstar. They are a, some folks who, if you have somebody who has home care needs, 
Uh, Bright Star is a, is a company and organization that likes to come alongside and help you do that. Vision First, uh, if you need to see, you need to go spend some money on seeing, go to Vision First. They help you do that. And then Country Lake Christian Retreat Center, uh, they have all kinds of um, camps this summer. So if you want to get your kids involved in a really cool camp, my kids go there and it is a, uh, during summer and it's a really cool camp. So we want to thank those folks for stepping up to the plate and helping sponsor our show. So Chad, you know, we, the book of Proverbs says over and over again, listen, my son, to your father's instruction. Do not forsake your mother's teaching. I mean, it repeats that kind of phrase, phraseology multiple times. And so we, we as dads have this responsibility to teach our kids about money, about possessions. And Matt, I, I just love what you talked about in the first segment about trade-offs, teaching them trade-offs. And we're going to jump into the topic of this segment about it takes discernment to do that. Talk about that. Yeah, that's right. So um, according to the American Psychological Association, they say that kids under the age of eight are unable, like literally unable to critically comprehend TV ad messages. And they're prone to accept advertising messages as the truth, you know. And so um, it's really important to help kids start to understand. And so as we talked about a few minutes ago, okay, here's the commercial, here's the programming, let's make that distinction. And now what is the message? And so as we think about those three roles of role model and teacher and gatekeeper, we can role model this by being simply intentional about where we shop and, and how we spend our money. And so, and, and talk out loud to our kids about, hey, we're gonna go here for this particular product because they have the better price on this. And so as we make good spending decisions on all sorts of things, it frees up money for fun things like vacations and entertainment and, and that sort of thing. And, and the gatekeeper role is, is about limiting the marketer's access to our kids because they have such direct access to our kids now with screens. And so there's some certain rules. I think that there shouldn't be any screens in bedrooms. Screens should be used in a public place in the home. Um, I mean, you, kids can get into all sorts of other trouble besides the marketing messages with screens and, and the direct access that, that, that people have to our kids through these screens. And so, but really important to limit access and limit even TV time with our kids. So put up certain rules, like our kids are not supposed to watch TV during the week or, or access the internet during the week for entertainment. They can do it for homework, but mm -hmm. not for yeah. entertainment purposes. Um, and then when it comes to being the teacher, so I, I really enjoy the, the process of, of unpacking ads with kids, you know, and really talking about what is the message here. And so even, even young kids are being marketed to by automobile manufacturers. You think, well, hey, the kid is, you know, seven, you know, they can't drive yet. And yet marketers understand the nag factor and they understand that, <laughs> that kids are actually engaged. Parents are asking their kids to a much greater degree about their opinions of what vehicle to buy. And so we can talk about even decisions where we think it doesn't make sense for a kid to be engaged in that conversation. It does. And so help them understand, you know, why you keep a vehicle a long time or, or now we're going to purchase a vehicle. So what are we looking for? We're discerning its miles per gallon and the cost of insurance. And there are different websites you can go to to figure out kind of the ongoing cost of a vehicle to start to help kids understand this stuff at an early age is really, really helpful. That's, um, I, I didn't think in, in regards to automobiles going after seven-year-old kids, but wow, I mean, you think, and I'm thinking about that after you said that, I'm like, yeah, I mean, they've, there's, 
it's amazing. Yeah. We used to, um, when we lived in a different town, we used to, we, we didn't have cable TV, so we only had the broadcast TV, which was pretty limited. And so some of the kids' programming was on this kind of strange channel that had the, the weirdest ads. Like it had ads for payday loans on this weird channel that had kids' programming. So they're, you know, so, so I remember our kids coming to us at a very young age saying, Dad, we need this payday loan. And, you know, because they, they didn't deserve, you know, in multiple levels. And, and I said, fortunately, actually, we don't need that. That's a good thing. We don't actually need that. But here's what that is. So we can explain what is a payday loan? What is a commercial versus the programming? Just have those conversations on a regular basis. That's uh, when I... I'm thinking back on my, my kids are like all grown. I'm like going, I don't know if, know if I did a really good job with this. This is, <laughs> this is a, a heavy topic. And, and yet the Bible says, you know, that, that whatever we treasure in our heart, I mean, that, that's those, that thing gets magnified even greater. Yeah. I mean, those are the things we long for. Those are the things we, then we pursue and we, we run after and helping our kids navigate life so that, uh, it's more blessed to give than to receive, not being all constant receivers and discerning all that. And, and there are constant opportunities. And so, you know, I love what it says in Deuteronomy, fix these words of mine in your hearts and minds, tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Teach them to your children, talking about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up, write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates so that your days and the days of your children may be many in the land of the Lord swore to, um, to give your ancestors as many as the days that the heavens are above the earth. And so that's basically conveying that this can be, I mean, there's lots of things to teach our kids, but there are constant opportunities. We don't need to just sit down with a chalkboard or a piece of paper and teach in very specific ways, although that's helpful too, but just kind of living life out loud and helping kids see how we're making these decisions is an important thing to do. So as adults, if we want it, we go buy it, and no matter what the cost, <laughs> and if it's, if it's debt, we are, we, we not only are ourselves probably going down the wrong path, but we are taking our kids with us. That's right. And you know, the stereotype, so I know that a lot of dads listen to this program. So the stereotype is that, that women are the overspenders. The actual research uh, debates that and says, you know, look, women may tend, and we're really generalizing here, so you know, forgive me for that, but, but they might overspend on certain things, but, but men will tend to overspend on something big ticket. A man will show up with a new bass boat, you know, or a new big screen TV at Super Bowl time, completely unannounced, didn't talk to his wife about it. And, you know, what kind of role model is that really being? Yeah. And and, and, and we're not modeling discernment. Right. So, okay, wow. that's Well, they're discerning. Do I get the blue one or the red one? <laughs> <laughs> Honey, I just bought one thing. <laughs> well, okay, so you were, you were talking about uh, your... 10 year old Andrew yeah who uh, said dad <laughs> we need we need this new uh, or we, we, we need to get this new sports car you know temperament is a very interesting thing so so our, <laughs> our 10 year old is a classic sanguine that's a life of the party very outgoing very you know people love are drawn to him you know wonderful character trait you know that's just a god-given gift and the sanguine, as with every temperament type, there's some benefits, financially speaking, and some watchouts. And so the sanguine tends to love the flashy, the, you know, the attractive, the, the bright color. So he saw a red sports car go by, and he said, 
I love that. And I laughed out loud. I said, Andrew, I, I love you, you know, and, and you are so wonderfully made by God and, and God has made you a sanguine. You're outgoing. People love you. And that's what you just expressed it from a financial standpoint is a classic textbook sanguine. Sanguines love flashy. They love to be noticed. And so there's some great things about every temperament type and there's some watch outs. You can tend to overspend, you know, so let's make sure we're planning these purchase decisions. We could oh, we could do a whole show on just uh, the dynamics of that. But I want to I want us to move towards uh, from discernment now to what you call delayed gratification. Yeah, this may be the ultimate character trait that if we want to um, help develop this in our kids. This may be the most important one. There are a lot of spiritual ramifications of this one too. The ultimate delay of gratification is, is the hope of heaven, of course. Um, but there's fascinating research. There's this classic marshmallow study that was done back in the 1960s and um, at Stanford University where they brought these four-year-olds into a room and told them, look, I've, I, the researcher, have to go run an errand. I'll be back in a little bit. You can either eat one marshmallow right now, no questions asked, even before I leave, or if you wait till I get back, you can have two. Very few kids could wait. But those that could, I think it was about 30% could wait for the better reward. And they followed these kids into their teen years and into their adult life, and they found that they were better able to maintain friendships. They were better able to concentrate. They were getting better scores. They scored way better on their SATs. And so delayed gratification mm. is a vitally, vitally important trait for us to try to develop in our kids. With some, it's going to be easier than others, but, but it, as parents, we should be at least attempting to do this with our kids. So I am sure, and we could go into the temperament thing, that, that probably has a huge difference in the in the four major temperaments yeah but uh i mean again how do you how do you teach delayed gratification besides i mean we got to model it right which is that's i don't want to model it (laughs) (laughs) Uh, kurt you're gonna have to wait for that uh, that next item you're, you're looking to buy um you know talk to our kids about what we're waiting for what we're saving for so you know for example my wife and i will be married 20 years in two more years we're already setting aside money for an extra special trip to celebrate our 20th anniversary. We're talking about that. You know, this is years in the making that we're saving for this trip. This isn't just, okay, we're gonna write a check, pull out the credit card. We're saving for it so we can pay for this nice trip with cash. So just talk about the things that we're waiting for as parents. Wow, that's good stuff. Speaking of delayed gratification, we need to delay for a break and we're going to come back and talk more with Matt and we're going to talk more about money and kids. And you know, this is uh, actually stepping on some toes here. This is not about money dude, and kids. Dude, dude. This is about money and parents. I'm like going, oh my goodness. <laughs> I'm taking some notes over here. I'm like, me, me, me. So we're going to come back and talk more money with Matt Bell on Solid Steps Radio. 